Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is Monday, May 29th, 2023, and you're listening to episode 164 of the Can I Say Something podcast. I'm your host and a recluse with a juicy caboose, Damien. Joining me today is... Derek McDuff. On today's show, as of now, we're almost halfway into the year, so we're taking this opportunity to count down our top five favorite movies of 2023 so far. But before that, we'll be getting into a little bit of movie and TV news. Rip Ipsio Max, Rip Netflix's free sharing, Rip Succession, Rip Yellow Jacket Season 2, and rest in peace, The Arrowverse. We'll also quickly go over some of the first impressions of movies debuting this week at the Cannes International Film Festival. We'll follow that up with some what we've been watching, including Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, Yellow Jackets Finale, and Showing Up. Right into the show, Can I Say Something at podcast.gmail.com, bicycle on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, tell a friend, family member, or stranger. What's up, man? How you doing? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Uh... A little tired, but ready to go. Little, little sleepy. Yeah. So, what we were gonna, yeah. what were you just gonna talk about here? Oh, the uh, let's let's dive into the movie, the summer movie wager, because <laughs> I mm-hmm. have it pulled up uh, right now. We are as of right now, as of recording, um, three summer blockbusters have opened, have opened. Uh, summer movie wagers going hot. Um, we have Guardians of the Galaxy three, Fast X, and just this weekend, The Little Mermaid. Uh, just opened. I have it up right here in front of me. And apparently, um, just for the past two days, I think, you know, movies like that come out on a Thursday, right? So we have Thursday, Friday, and a little bit of Saturday. Uh, well, yeah. So I don't think they've counted any as Saturday yet. And typically, oh. so the this site at least hasn't. Um, so And yeah. typically, they count the Thursday night previews as part of the Friday box office. Gotcha. Um, so it's really only technically one day of box office that we're looking at here so far domestic box office yes 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 Mm -hmm. um domestic box office let me do a little quick see what the official the official (laughs) uh what's it called um the official um official tally but the the actual site that does it box office box office mojo mojo yes Apparently the yeah, you official... gotta really wait till till Tuesday sure. to get yeah the accurate weekend numbers. Um, yeah, they uh, box office Mojo is saying that as well. So you know, uh, yeah, they have predictions. Yeah, so that's they just have one day because yeah, they don't yeah. really update halfway through a day. You know, yeah, we have to look at all the uh, you know Dominion voting machines to make sure there's no irregularities there. Careful, <laughs> Damien. You yeah. don't want to get. You don't want to. Yeah. You want to get. You want to start slandering Dominion. You know what? How that turns out. Not well. Not well. Not well. <laughs> don't slander Dominion. That's just. I'm just saying. You don't know. do that. Exactly. No. Speaking Not a about, good move. Speaking Very about stupid move. Speaking of slandering people, uh, David Zasloff got slandered. Well, he got attacked. He got verbally attacked <laughs> at the. Oh, um, that wasn't slander as much as. People just <laughs> yelling. <laughs> so that's uh, different. <laughs> what did they say? I'll pay your writers, right? Was that the yeah. was that the chant? Yeah, David yeah, Zasloff yeah. was giving a speech at the Harvard uh, graduation this past week, and uh, mm-hmm. the student body was not impressed. Not impressed by Mr. Zasloff. Not impressed by nope. the millions that he's even paid. Nope. Well, you know, uh, he sh- he's gonna go back to work because he wants to work. You know, there's the desire to yeah. work is was well not for money, obviously, no. but the desire no. to work. You know, yeah, one of the hardest. Somebody movies. said somebody said something about the desire to work being a motivation. Um, <laughs> I can't remember who. It was. Yeah, not me, man. Not me. I, I'm. I yeah. have. You know, 
as I've said before, my father before me and his father before me were, you know, bottle water bottler makers. So that's just passed mm-hmm. down to me now. The Shermans um, have the Shermans, always been. Yeah, yeah, a, a line, a long line of yeah. having, um, yes, that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so David Zasloff booed at his at his uh, graduation speech. Uh, HBO Max became Max this week. Did you? Uh, ch- check this out. Were you there day one? Were you refreshing your feed to see the new purple to blue changeover? Uh, I wasn't refreshing my feed, but I went to go watch an episode of Barry, and then I was like, oh, yeah, this is a different app now. Different, yeah. The thing that I kind of noticed was like, because Discovery bought them, when you first sign in, they're like, hey, check out these prestigious movies, check out these prestigious TV shows, and also, you know, My 400 Pound Life or whatever bullshit <laughs> reality shows yeah. they also have on there, which is just like, guys, did you. It's it's just you know watering down the brand. I understand brand. It's kind of it's kind of gross to be like this is my brand. And I love my brand and don't don't ever change my brand. But you know it had it had a feeling of it of like HBO Max has you know they have hacks, great show, great well written show, prestigious show. They've had you know just a bunch of shows on there that you're like this is good. This is good good content. This is good stuff that I like to watch. And now it's just all you know you turn on Max and it's like oh you got. You got Schindler's List right up next to I don't I don't even know I can't even pull a reference <laughs> about whatever bullshit show they have on there now. Some cooking show. Zoe Deschanel's husband yes. and her yes. and his brother build a house. Yes, that thing. That's, that thing. That thing. Property uh, Brothers. That's what those guys are called, uh, right? Yeah. And uh, to mention um, a thing that actually did happen that was kind of shitty. Well, it is very shitty actually. Um, you go on to any movie. I think I think they might have updated it now. I haven't checked, but you go on to like any movie and it's just like, oh, yeah. here's the creators. Here's all – here's the creator of the content called Taxi Driver, Martin Scorsese, <laughs> and um, the writer. Paul Schrader. Paul Schrader. They're the creators. They're just the people that made the thing. <laughs> One person definitely didn't write it. One person definitely didn't direct it. That This this mushy piece of content that you're consuming with your face balls, this is that – everybody just had, a, had an equal part of it. Yep. Yeah, Stupid. no, they're all just creators. Stupid. Just creators. <laughs> it just happened. They just all shit it out. It just kind of happened. Uh, anyways, um, so speaking of uh, monoliths just being fucking shitty assholes, um, Netflix is charging for password sharing. Um, in the conversations I've heard talk about this on, on some podcasts this week, the thing they didn't really bring up, which is what I'm wondering about because I use VPNs quite often to to go and look at like, you know, Netflix uh, Japan or Netflix Brazil or Netflix, Netflix Canada to see what's, to see what's on their library, to see what's different. Um, and I'm wondering if they'll be like, hey, clearly you're not actually in Canada, dickhead, so pay up. <laughs> I'm wondering if they'll, <laughs> they'll target me for that. What do, you, what do you think about that stuff? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't... Uh... I I uh, might be using my parents' Netflix allegedly. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, if Netflix is listening, uh, it's just a legend. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what's gonna happen with my Netflix. I'm very curious to see what happens with that. Um, so that yeah. is, you know, <laughs> not great. It's, uh, it, yeah. you know, so just, share like they once tweeted out sharing your password is caring. love, and now love yeah. is dead. Uh, love is dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they killed love. Um, yes. The thing I always think about with this stuff is like you, you used to go to a um, Blockbuster. I'm going to sound like the oldest man right now, but <clears throat> it's true that you, you you either went to a Blockbuster and rented a thing and you could have like 30, 35 people at your house and you could all watch it and you could let that let 35 people borrow it before it just you had to just get it back in time. Um, you could also buy a thing. You could buy a copy 
of a movie and you could share you could give that copy away to thousands of people if you wanted to. What is going on where that was a sustainable business model? Apparently, right? It was for a while where you could just buy a copy of a thing and you could just give it to other people. But now you buy a digital thing, right? Everyone needs their own copy of the thing, of the digital thing, or everyone needs their own um, account of the streaming site. What happened? What is going on where their business model of we're going to sell one thing, we're going to sell one copy to a person and they can, and we're fine if that one person gives that one copy to 35 people. How are we in a place now where? See, they were never fine with that. They just didn't have a way to control it. And now they have a way to control it and to make more money off of it. It's never, it's never, if they were able to charge you every time you lent your DVD to somebody, they, if they they had had a way to do that, they absolutely would have. And but the thing is too now that it pissing me off is you know you bring up the Netflix password share what's what's arguably worse is you know and Max did this recently obviously but now um, Disney Plus is doing it too where they're just purging a shit ton of content off of there uh, including a bunch of recent originals Disney Plus stuff that you could only watch on Disney Plus and Hulu and there was not even physical copies because they wanted the that exclusivity. Uh, so now if you want to watch, I don't know, Rosalind, the uh, Fox movie that came out last year and was a Hulu exclusive, um, you just you just can't. Yeah. I don't know if that's that purge has gone to effect as of this recording or not, but yeah. there's just, you know, they just cold a bunch of stuff and there's with no physical copies, no way to watch it on streaming. It's just you're, you're out of luck. There's nothing to do. They've you can't even own the physical copy of this thing and now they've taken away the exclusive way to watch it so you're just fucked if you want to watch this or if you're in fact the creator which is the reason they're doing this is because they don't want to pay residuals to the writers and everything because of the writer strike going on they don't they want to find cuts cutting ways to not have to give money to any of the people who are under this umbrella of creators that we referenced earlier that HBO just, and all these people just see them as just all these creators. None of them get money. Don't worry about it. Yeah. um, You know, I totally agree with you, but I do, I, you know, we've, I I don't want to sound like I'm playing devil's advocate, but I guess I am where they, they're doing this because, and we're accepting it because they've primed us with the thing where, you know, like you said, they're taking stuff off there and we'll be back. We don't know. So that's, and it's first party stuff too. Like you said, it's Disney's uh, own property of their own stuff. Um, we've had this before where Netflix or Prime Video or whatever would have like a rotating catalog of shit, right? So they would just have stuff on there and then they would take it off. And now this is, this is, um, this is worse. I agree it's worse, but um, it's but that's that- because they didn't own those things right out. The rights would go back True. to other people. They would end up well, on no, other, I know. like yeah. Disney made Willow. They made Jeff Goldblum fucking talks about sneakers or whatever the fuck it was. True. Like, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying it's good or, or acceptable. I'm just saying that we've been primed to accept that some things are not going to be there forever. It's not great. It's not good. I'm not saying it's that it is, but uh, that's the reality of the world we're living in where for but when we were we were primed for them to be available in some other way whether it be physical yes. media or on another streaming service these are gone yeah like, they are um, fucking nowhere they are like socrates said dust in the wind <laughs> socrates yes um, yes the uh the show that i liked last year um 
I recommended to you and to everybody. I'm blanking on it right now. It was the uh, it was the pandemic show where every ninety nine percent of people died. Um, oh, St- um, Station Eleven. Yeah, Station yeah. Eleven was on HBO Max, or was it? I don't even know. It was on HBO. It was some HBO property. <laughs> it was on yeah. there, and I believe they're taking it off, or they or they have already. Like you said, are they planning to? And that's one of the big ones. That is one of those. Like you said, um, this is different. This is worse than what they've been doing with the rotating catalogs um, of stuff. This is worse because, like you said, uh, Station Eleven not anywhere. I, I believe Dave Chen was just talking about this on Filmcast, where it, it they have a. 4K uh, Blu-ray out there somewhere, but that stuff should be more mm-hmm. out there. I think it's probably just on like HBO site, or it's like a Criterion thing, or it's like a first, like you said, first-party stuff is is not available anywhere because they own it. Because, like you said, they are making this. Um, what do you call that? Uh, uh, scarcity, artificial scarcity. They're creating this right. artificial scarcity for the stuff to make you a want it more and B make it so that you will pay whatever price they want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just this awful stuff. So, um, there's that we already talked about something when we wager, um, it's too early to tell. Well, we didn't, we kind of blew po- past sure. it. Sure. We, so we'll we talk just, about it now. Yeah. We'll talk about yeah. it now. Yeah. So I am, uh, let's see, I, I officially have, uh, 23 points. I forgot, like I said, when we talked about it, when we first did it, I forgot to put Fast X on there, um, so I'm missing. I'm missing out on. Th- <laughs> I'm missing out on three points. Um, I don't have you pulled up. Can you? Can you pull I, it up? I have on twenty. Yours? So you have twenty because okay. yeah, because I unlike you and everyone at Summer <laughs> Movie Wager, I did not put Guardians number three yeah. at number one, which I think is going to pay off for me because I do not think it's going to be number one. I do think it is going to be number two. Yeah. Um, and they honestly. Uh, I think we both might have fucked up. I think I should have put Little Mermaid at number. I just it was one of those yeah. things where I was like, I think something's gonna beat Guardians. Like I don't think it's gonna be number one. And I think I I was just like I'm just gonna pick indie. Um, but I think it might be actually be Little Mermaid, which I should have watched. Dan Merles. I did my picks for relation to watch Dan Merles picks. He <laughs> no. had Little Mermaid at number one. So no. I think that you know I mean it's only been out like we said we only have yeah. one day of box yeah. office returns. It could fall off a cliff. Um. Guardians has been weird because it's like it opened at less than expected, but it's been holding really well. So we'll see what happens to that. Fast X, I picked it at eight. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, but it's <laughs> it's really like like the points at this point in the summer yeah, movie no. wager are like non. It's like because right. okay, three movies we've got all we both have. Well, I guess you don't have Fast X, but like no. almost everyone has those these same three movies. Yeah, and the one that came out first is in first place. The one that came out seconds in second place. The one that's came out third. Is yeah, in third yeah, place. yeah, 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 yeah. Once some things start to come out, and they actually, you know, everybody like that first week, you're like, oh yeah, guard, I'm ahead of you because I have Guardians at number yeah. one. I'm like, yeah, because right. it's the only movie that's out. Of course, <laughs> it's number one right now. Yeah. But so, so you know, it's 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 really too too soon to yeah, tell anything it is but yeah, yeah little mermaid that's a that's a good opening making almost 50 million in a day really good uh really good very good and then it's gonna also have the it's this memorial day weekend so it's got like an extra day of weekend to make some money so yep we'll see we will see, see. I, I do want to mention i think it's very funny <laughs> to look at the list now um mm. little mermaid is third next up is the book club the next chapter Made fifteen million <laughs> over the past week. Uh, we got a movie called Love Again, uh, Hypnotic, the new uh, 
Ben Affleck, Robert Rodriguez, Ben Affleck, Robert Rodriguez film. Yeah. That's that sounds great. The Machine, I'm not I'm not familiar with. About My Father, I'm not familiar with. Black the Machine, Bear. it's Bert, Bert, it's, the, it's that Kreiker guy. It's the oh, know, Bert, the, Bert the Kreischer, yes, Bert, yeah. Bert Kreischer, Bert Kreischer, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, whatever his name is. Yes, and Bert Kreischer. His dad is is Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah, it's very funny. Uh, the movie called About My Father. I'm not sure what that is. I don't know That's if you do. That's the one where it's like, hey, it's this Italian comedian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my dad is Robert De Niro. And hey, the peacock. God, can you believe it? Forget about it. Ah, it's stereotypes. New, yeah, it's it the new fucking bad, terrible. Bad grandpa, right? Horrible. The, oh, my God. Somebody what? saw it. It was like, what if we made Meet the Parents, but like a thousand times worse and just yeah. Italian scare- stereotypes? Yeah, it's that. Um, yeah. We'll talk about De Niro later <laughs> with some previews of uh, some other movie he's in this year, which should be a bit better than that. Um, Blackberry, uh, you recommended uh, I watch this. Uh, it's not available anywhere uh, near me, so I'll be catch- probably catching that on VOD mm-hmm. when that hits there. And then a movie called Knights of the Zodiac, which I think was like a weird, like, Owls of Gahul. Remember that movie from like 15 yeah, it's years so, ago? No, it's, it's not that at all. It's like a fucking... Looks, it's like a adaptation from some manga and anime, and yeah. like they was at WonderCon, they were hyping it up, and I got to see like some previews, and it looks absolutely terrible. It's a movie <laughs> that they spent like sixty million dollars on, and then they realized this is not going to be a good movie, and it's like one of those movies where it's like, oh, there's like Sean Bean in like a small role, Famke Jensen as yep. like the bad guy or whatever. Yep. Like it's it's one of those kind of movies. Uh, it. And it just it's it looked like the worst thing ever. And like the thing is, like four through ten, those are all movies that got limited release. So yeah, those are all movies sure. that are quickly gonna yeah. just as things come out. Like I said, three movies have come out, and at least in wide release. Um, yeah, uh, like big movies. Uh, so those are the three that are actually gonna be on the list at the end of the year, unless you know. I mean, Fast X could fall off. You never know. But yes, um, yeah, true. So that that about runs that up. Uh, so yeah, we should check it in with that. Uh, you know, as, as it progresses, we'll be checking yeah. on that. Um, so let's go stay to tuned, folks. stay tuned folks for all of that. <laughs> uh, some other uh, movie stuff going on right now is the Cannes International uh, Film Festival, which um, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to go to. I've always wanted to check one of those out. I know Amanda Dobbins on The Big Pick has been very vocal <laughs> about going to that uh, at a lot of shows. They're over in uh, Sweden, I believe, because I think Spotify is owned by Sweden since they have like a exclusivity deal or something with them. They had to go You're there. Kansas in Sweden? Kansas is in France. No, they the Amanda Dobbins and the Big Pick and all oh, of that okay. crew are in Sweden. So they wanted to uh, go there, I guess, eventually. Um, but yeah, it's going yeah, on right now. I mean, been, sure. I would love to go up to Cannes, France, eventually. Cannes, France. Well, that Can sounds go to pretty Cannes, good. Cannes, France. Cannes, Cannes. <laughs> Going to go to Bonjour. Paris. Bonjour, my homies. What's up? <laughs> uh, One some escargot, please. Yes, exactly. I would like a croissant. I like some freedom fries, please. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so some movies that are they're debuting there. Um, I've been listening to a podcast called Film Comment, which is a very hoity-toity, very um, artsy-fartsy and all of that kind of a podcast. They, they delve into... Um, more movies that are like that. And they so they always go there every year and sort of talk about the stuff that's coming out, stuff that uh, will be out um, later this year. Um, Pedro Almodovar has a movie called Strange Way of Life. I think it's a short uh, starring Ethan Hawke and Pedro Pascal playing playing two gay men, which is which is interesting. Um, it's like a Western, right? 
Yeah. It's it's like, it's like, like about like the post civil war or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. looks interesting. Uh, anatomy of a fall is a French thriller, uh, directed by just Justine Triant. Um, so that they've, um, had that up for the Palme d'Or. That might be, that might be the big one to win this year. Um, then of course, uh, I'll get to that later. Zone of Interest um, is a, is one I keep hearing a, a lot about because it's uh, directed, written, and directed by Jonathan Glazer. You just watched a movie by him today, so we talk about him. Talk about him later. Yeah. This is a movie uh, adapted by a 2014 novel written by Martin Amis. Um, it takes place in Auschwitz between. Oh, sorry, filming took place in Auschwitz between 2021. Uh, the movie takes place back in uh, World War Two. Um, it stars, um, let me see, Sandra Huller, Christina Friedrich, a um, bunch of uh, German actors are going to be in that. So I've heard a lot of good things about that. Looking forward to that uh, later this year. Uh, then a movie from Todd Haynes. Uh, Todd Haynes is somebody that doesn't work very often, but when he does, he always has a, uh, it's always worth seeing some of his movies. He did The Velvet Underground 2021. He did Carol, obviously, in 2015 with um, Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara, uh, one, of, mm. one of my favorite movies from that year. Uh, so I'll be definitely looking forward to that uh, later this year. It was a movie about a uh, – it follows Nellie Portman, an actress who travels to Maine to meet and study the life of a woman, Julianne Moore. Um, so it's very, it should be a very interesting movie coming out later this year probably so that's cool. yeah that's all the news out of can so well well you forgot there's also indiana jones yes. well can, yes at, i mean there's cans. sure that's uh-huh yep that happened yeah <laughs> that's just kidding i, looks, you, I forgot how much decent. yeah you just like hate yeah. indiana jones for some reason you're just like you're like mola ram you're just like i want to tear his fucking heart out i have the similar similar feelings about indian jones as i do about the killers of the flower moon and also a little bit of you know me too i really want to see both of them oh okay all right <laughs> they're they both look fucking awesome they do yes yes indeed so there's that um let's get to some what we've been watching uh, so section finale is tomorrow as of this recording. I cannot fucking wait. I've, I've been going through uh, different Reddits, been going through the Twitters, been going through the TikToks, thinking about um, procrastin- procrastinating, proc- not procrastinating, prognosticating about what might happen. Um, I, can't, I cannot wait, man. This is, this is going to be huge. Um, did, did you see that tweet from Joanna Robinson about the Game of Thrones finale and how everyone was just talking about, oh, we should just speculate who will win. And it's like, did we learn nothing? Well, yeah, that's true. But that was also a terrible finale and terrible fast season. <laughs> so I think this is a bit different. Yeah, but her, I think her point is maybe people are focusing too much on the wrong thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't really care who is on uh, top. The thing that really matters is just how it's how it's going to end, how they're going to land the ship. Um, a lot of a lot of moving parts. Try not to spoil anything, but there's a lot of different moving parts. A lot of people in position to uh, to take over. There's a lot of like breadcrumbs, and the last episode ended in a way where you're like, oh my god, what's going to happen? Is for in terms of you know who's being lied to, who's being played, um, who's going to be fired. Um, you know, who's going to own the company at the end of the day? Is the deal going to go through? It's a lot of machinations, a lot of machinations mm-hmm. on the side. Um, they have one character. I think, you know, do you know Cousin Greg? Do you know, look at his face. Is that Alan Ruck? Nope. That's um, uh, Nicholas Braun, I believe his name is. He's no, a very no, tall, no tall, awkward I, I hear guy. people are always like, yeah. Cousin Greg, what a fuck up. And I'm like, sure. 
And okay. so the thing about that is there a lot of speculation that he might take the crown at the end. Oh, so um, he's like the brand of this thing where he's just like a fuck up who everyone kind of hates a little bit and then yeah. he might win at the end. Not not nearly as intelligent as Bran, not nearly as cunning or as mm-hmm. uh, clever as Bran was, um, but that is kind of the idea of like they so a Swedish company uh, owned, uh called Gojo owned by um Mikkelsen, not Mikkelsen, um What's his name? Alexander Skarsgård owns the company. He wants to buy up uh, Waystar Royco, but he's he. They were at the, they were at this party with the supposed future president of the I'm, U.S. I'll watch it at some point. Yeah, but he's just saying like you know we need a U.S. CEO or, or a you know a U.S. facing CEO. We need a face of the U.S. Uh, side of the company, and he just wants somebody. Um, Alexander Skarsgård's character does. He just wants somebody that he can manipulate. And every other character, every other um, son and daughter of the company are just trying to manipulate the guy. And he knows that, right? You, you can just feel when somebody's trying to, you know, fucking use you to their own ends. And Greg is just like this fucking dope, this guy that just doesn't know shit about fuck. <laughs> He's just going to be able to just say, hey, Greg, uh, hey, fight, can you just go ahead and just lay low and just be the face and he's, be like he's, he's fredo then he's fredo exactly that's a great it's a great uh, uh analogy there yep exactly okay. so right. that again talking about it, they were talking about this being a very uh godfather-esque ending like like you said um mm-hmm. every somebody's going to be shut out they're going to end the series with just uh yeah robert de niro looking at looking out there uh, or Pacino looking out at his wife and shutting the door. That's that's that could be the ending. People are you know comparing this to like you know <laughs> just ends in a fucking diner and uh, uh, don't stop believing is playing in the background and Kendall looks up and cut, cut to black. <laughs> <It's> gonna, <laughs> there's so many like uh, I can't imagine writing a show right now in 2023 and. Well, nobody not... can. That's the whole thing. Well, sure. Okay. I see what you did there. It was very <laughs> clever. Um, he, uh, I can't imagine writing something or trying to finish a finale or put the, you know, put the cherry on a top on a thing like this that's been so beloved and has just nailed every single episode up till now. And also trying not to com- to be compared to other things. You know, I, I just don't know how. I have no idea how this is going to end, but it's going to be incredible, whatever it is. So. Can we for that? I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, don't, I mean, hopefully you're not setting yourself up for a fall, saying it's incredible no matter what it is. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm sure it'll be good, but you know, yeah, uh, yeah. Speaking about that, speaking about just some uh, uh, season finale of Yellow Jackets also happened. I kind of set myself up for, I don't know. I've been, I was reading some stuff. I saw it later, so I obviously saw a bunch of reactions to it already. Um, this is obviously the show about. Uh, Girl, a uh, soccer team, girl soccer team that survives a plane crash in the wilderness and they have to, you know, survive in the wilderness uh, for the summer. And now it's wintertime. And I don't know, man. <laughs> it's just the they caught back and forth between like 96, 97 era and, and now. And it's just like I said last time, it does a lot of that stuff of like, is this is there actual supernatural stuff going on? Is there actual um, you know, like a force in the woods. Is there like is there a spirit in the woods that is taking control of these girls and and stuff like that? And it's just 
none of that came to fruition. And I, and I, like you said, it wasn't supposed to be. Wasn't it was a show that very much told you don't don't expect that. This isn't that type of show. Mm-hmm. That um, don't go into this thinking that it does that uh, haunting of Hill House thing where it gives you. Uh, evidence that it could be anything. Um, I was just sort of let down by sort of the events of it and how it was portrayed and how it was shot and definitely how it was edited. Um, that was a major thing on the subreddit of just like, wow, this is looks kind of corny, actually. <laughs> it's a very, <laughs> very big moment. Um, and they kind of ruined it by, by, by trying to be extra, as the kids say. It was trying to be too much. It was giving... It was giving too much. It was giving... I putting too much out there. I'll just say that. Um, could have been very good, but it, it tried to be too much. It tried to put too many uh, elements in there, too much music, too much uh, action. It cut away too many times to the past. Didn't give enough times for either thing to actually breathe and to stand on its own. So wasn't too impressed by that, unfortunately, because that was like my thing. You know, I come on here <laughs> every mm-hmm. week and it's like, guys, Yellow Jackets, it's, it's really good. And then just this happens. So now I have to be like, just, you know, enjoy the ride. Enjoy for the ride. Don't <laughs> expect, you know. All right. Well, I guess I don't have to get Showtime after all now. Yeah, you'll be fine with that. Um, another movie I checked <laughs> out or a movie I checked out this week uh, that you saw and you enjoyed very much was mm-hmm. Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Um, this is a movie, like we said last time, directed by Kelly Freeman Craig. Um, stars. What do they put the stars at the front here? Rich McAdams. Yeah, like you said, Rich McAdams was very good. You said something about like one scene in particular. And I'm interested to know what that one scene was. That see, it was the scene where she's telling Margaret. Margaret asks like why she's never met her grandparents, and Rich McAdams has to basically tell her that her parents cut her off because she fell in love with a Jewish man, and she has to like put on a brave face, and she does a really good job of doing that, but she's also like crying at the same time, and I thought that scene was absolutely phenomenal and should have won her the like should win her the Oscar. Yeah, absolutely. I highly agree. Um, I think this is a very, um, you know, well well put together film. I think everybody was really, really good in this. I think um, Abby Ryder Forston plays uh, plays Margaret uh, really, mm-hmm. really well. Um, I think this is just a, you know, really great coming of age movie about, you know, exploring who you want to be. Um, and I think it does it really well. It doesn't really come down on either side. It doesn't really say one, one or the other is, is bad or good. And, uh, you know, it, it sort of does that thing where you're like... Um, you know, it has it has like a, a lot of soft edges, which is fine. You know, every movie, not every movie has to be like super realistic and depressed and down and 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 sort of you know gritty and all that. You can just sort of tell tell the story about this about a coming age movie that isn't like you know never really sometimes always or just <laughs> has really heavy, super heavy and super um, dreary. Depicts those things as a sort of super dreary. Can be just just be this fun and fluffy sort of storytelling right yeah no i uh it's yeah it was it definitely didn't feel too heavy despite it be having heavy points at uh certain times it it felt you know uh it's very teen girl coming of age you know that judy bloom obviously feel that is so uh has become so influential in um a lot of our uh, stuff aimed at that demographic nowadays. Really, you can tr- point it back to that original novel, and this is a really great adaptation of that. Yeah, I thought it was really, really great. Hopefully, it's um, it might it might make some of my uh, my list at the end of the year. Maybe very close to be auto mention, if not number ten. 
Um, so then the last thing I saw uh, this week, just just uh, saw this right before hopping on the mics here, was Kelly Reichert's new film, Showing Up. This uh, stars one of her muses, um, Michelle Williams. She was in uh, two of her movies before this, Wendy and Lucy in 2007, I want to say, and uh, Meeks Cut Off um, in 2010. Uh, I think Michelle Williams is probably one of her best actresses working right now. She was obviously in... Um, the Fablemans from last year. Uh, this is the very different uh, portray or performance she gives in this one. Very sort of, um, I won't say flat, but just very, like you know, stoic and thoughtful and contemplative. And the whole the whole mm. movie is that. Um, I think Kelly Record is probably one of my favorite um, filmmakers working right now. Probably one of my favorite filmmakers of the last twenty years. Um, I've seen pretty much all of her movies except for. Her like first um, first full feature called River of Grass, which came out in 1994, I believe that's have to go find that at a library or something like that. But um, <laughs> seen all of her other stuff, um, Old Joy, Wendy and Lucy, Meeks Cut Off, really really enjoyed all of that. Um, was going to say, yeah, a lot of her movies. I think you know after seeing this, I could definitely see like a th- th- through line or a you know thematic line running throughout her movies, which is very much about like. Um, art and commerce and nature and how those things intersect. I think they are, this movie is very much about, you know, there's a, there's like a bird and she has to take care of the bird and she's asking her landlord to fix her hot water heater while making these sculptures, while working at a, like a, um, an art installation sort of um, establishment. She's working with her mother who's kind of funding that whole program. So it's just, just, just a very nice little quiet, um, you know, meditation on the art and, and commerce, like I said, and how those things you sort of have to deal with all of that at once and have how you were sort of dealing with other people and, and just trying to make your own art and being like, well, do you, do you just make art for art's sake? Like, what is this, <laughs> what is this even for? It's just a little sculpture or it's just this little, um, you know, class plaster Paris sort of thing that doesn't really look like anything. You can't really do anything with it, but you know, we were, and also her brother has like sort of um, mental instability. So he's in the backyard digging up this big hole. And she's like, why are you just digging this hole? And he's like, well, it's art, man. You're doing art. I'm doing art. And we're all kind of just part of earth and nature is we're all part of art and nature and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just making this hole because I feel like it. And she's like, OK, but well, hmm. what is it for? And he's like, it's just here. I'm just doing it because I feel like it. <laughs> so it's a lot about that kind of stuff. So, yeah, if I don't know if you've seen uh, any of Kelly Rockhart's uh, films before. I have not. I had not even heard of this movie until you were like yeah. texting me. You're like, I'm watching showing up. And I was like, all right. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, a lot of her movies very much fly under the radar. Just like she's one of these people that kind of just. Oh, no, I've seen I've seen First Cow. I didn't okay. realize she did that. I just love yeah. looking it up right now. OK, I have seen First Cow. OK, I get her vibe now. Of just you get like, her vibe. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a they're like hangout movies. You know, they're like chill, not even hangout movies like like easygoing. The yeah. plot moves at the pace that it, it just kind of. Like a lazy river. Like a lazy river, exactly. It's like a Bob Ross painting. You just kind of go in there and you kind of yeah. enjoy it and you just kind of uh, chill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to see that Bob Ross movie with uh, Owen Wilson. Was that called? Yeah, me too. It It's called uh, Paint. And apparently, yeah. like, I was like, when is this coming out? And I looked it up and I was like, this came out in like early April? <laughs> I just yeah. like, <laughs> had no idea it was even out. Pro- yeah, it's probably one of those. It's like came and gone. Like, not playing and, like, anywhere. I didn't even realize. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's about all I've been uh, watching. I, let's get to uh, some of the stuff you've been watching this week. You checked out the Mrs. Mm-hmm. Davis finale. Yeah, uh, I am a big, big, big fan of Mrs. Davis. This show is a uh, to Damon Lindelof joint, um, but he also uh, is working with um, the. It's like him and like co-writing slash show running it with um, the person who is uh, behind uh, some of my least favorite TV, which is like Young Sheldon and The Big Bang Theory. Yep. Um, uh, which is her name is I'm going to pull it up right here. Tara Hernandez. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, so that's a weird, interesting combination. Um, David, Damon Lindelof, of course, did like Lost and The Leftovers and Watchmen um, and a lot of really great stuff. And uh, so this show, it's uh, if anybody isn't familiar about a nun trying to get the Holy Grail while there is a a set some seemingly benevolent but maybe evil ai that is running everything in the world and the nuns trying to take this ai down and it's then it's also goes into the backstory of the nuns parent or dad being a magician who may or may not have faked his own death and just like every damon Lindelof thing it deals with father issues and it's it's so dumb but in a way that like <laughs> In the way that like Arrested Development is dumb, where it's like this is dumb, but it knows it's dumb, and yep. the characters in the show know that what's happening is dumb, and that's what makes it brilliant. Like there was a moment in the very last episode where I was like crying, and I was like, "This is so stupid!" Like it's so <laughs> fucking good, right? Uh, so like if it, it it's hilarious and funny and weird, and it's only like I think it's nine episodes, um, so. Betty Gelpin is the main actress in it. She's phenomenal. There's a lot of great character actors in it who pop up, including Elizabeth Marvel as her mom and um, as the mother superior of her nunnery, uh, Margot Martindale is in a couple episodes. And uh, Chris DeMontpopolis, I can never pronounce his name. The guy who does the voice for Mickey Mouse plays this shirtless Australian guy. Okay. (laughs) Uh, He's so good. He's like low-key one of the most underrated comedians in the world and like it's one of those he's like oh yeah he's the voice of mickey mouse but like and he's in a lot of stuff like you recognize it, but nobody knows who he is um so yeah can't recommend this enough it's it's great just muse on uh religion and technology and how both of those things are kind of like in our lives and one is kind of replaced the other and it feels incredibly poignant right now with the way ai is rising and threatening to replace writers and stuff like that it's like was this written in relation to the writer's strike no this is written months ago years ago probably and it's just uh you know even more relevant as it's airing while this strike is going on so cannot recommend mrs davis enough it's on peacock nice very cool um you should check out the the little mermaid i just heard a little bit of a, a snippet of the uh slash film cast or the film cast's uh thoughts on this what did you think of the little mermaid little mermaid it is not terrible <laughs> like have you seen the original little mermaid oh yeah i've seen it a bunch of times yep then you then you know what happens in the movie it's, it's, yeah. it's just one of those things where they just take a disney movie from the the past, they slap on a fresh cut. They it's basically, I I did like a little mini review on um Peter Pan and Wendy, and I was comparing it to this one. And this is like it feels like you know when they take they do like an HD remake of an old video game for a new system, like when they came out the Link's Awakening 
like a year or two ago, and it's like, oh, it's all in the 3D now, and the graphics aren't 8-bit anymore. It's the same thing, but in a movie. And they're like, oh, we added a couple songs, yeah. made it a little bit less problematic. <laughs> uh, and, you know, there's a couple aesthetic changes. Yeah. It's fine. It's like, it's Cause... perfectly serviceable. Melissa McCarthy is pretty great casting. As Ursula, you're like, yeah, that checks out. Everybody in it's really good. The songs are good. It's still like the Little Mermaid's great. Um, but you're like, I don't know if this needs to exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I heard Haley Bailey's performance was pretty good. She's really good. She's really good. Okay. And I usually do not like Rob Marshall movies at all. We talked about um, Chicago, which I really fucking yeah. hated. Yeah. And, you know, he did. He does a lot of like musicals that I can't stand. He did a bad Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Uh, this is, yeah, so if you're gonna hire somebody to just give you a serviceable musical, sure, get him. Yeah, there you go. Alright. <laughs> you also checked out uh, Prehistoric Planet. Part Prehistoric two. Planet 2, yes, do, yes. Do I have so... to see part 1 to understand part 2? <laughs> no, you're good, baby. <laughs> okay. You're good. Okay. You don't even have to watch any of the episodes. Uh, you could watch any episode, and it's, okay. cause it's, good. um, if people don't remember from last year when I talked about this, it is a David Attenborough uh, narrated BBC documentary um, with Hans Zimmer uh, doing the score. Just big prestigious show like Planet Earth or Our Planet or any of the number of ones that they've all collaborated on. But instead, uh, and it's still shot on real locations and everything, but it's just with dinosaurs. They like see they CG and dinosaurs, and you'll have. David Attenborough, ah, oh, yes, the Triceratops is surrounded by its enemy, the T-Rex, but he has a plan, you know, and it's just, yeah. it's just fucking great, and it's, and it's really cool, and it's, it's a lot like those old, like, walking with dinosaur things, but it's, it's updated, it, there's nothing else really like it, because it's, it is done exactly in the style of these prestige nature documentaries, um, and it, it looks amazing, like, the CG in this, like the way the dinosaurs look, is incredible. Cool, it's scientifically accurate. Each episode ends with like the, them giving you a little blurb about, ah, yes, we did this science and figured out that that's why dinosaur these dinosaurs do this. And here's a big frog that we put in the episode, and he was a bigger frog than any other frog. Can you believe it? And you're like, this shit is ru- this is so fucking cool. And it's you know you see dinosaurs in places you haven't seen, like oh these these long necked dinosaurs are gonna go lay some eggs in the volcano caldera and this this is a T-Rex swimming around and and here's some dinosaurs in the snow and the islands and it's pretty fucking cool, man. All right. <laughs> Were you a dinosaur kid growing up? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I, I love dinosaur. You know, and oh. I was you know, I was three when Jurassic Park came out, so if I wasn't already a dinosaur kid, which I was, that just yeah. I was I was all on board. Yeah. I was a human kid, but I liked dinosaurs. Anyway, so that's cool. I'll check that out. What is that on Disney Plus? Is Disney Plus? Uh, Apple Plus. Apple, Apple Plus. One of the Pluses. Apple Plus. Yes. Apple Plus. Yep. Nice, nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of the thing that's coming to Apple 
TV Plus, uh, Killers of Flower Moon. Uh, I listened to the book this week. One of the best books I've read in a very long time. I've been on a sort of a drought lately with uh, mm-hmm. with books that are really blowing me away. But this this definitely did it. Um, this is obviously the movie that's going to be adapted to the uh, film. It's coming out later this year, starring Leo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone, Brendan Fraser, and Jesse Plemons, co- coming out in October of this year. Um, this is about murders of wealthy Osage people that took place in Osage County. Um, in the early 20s. Do you know you know what I realized about this was that um, this took place in Oklahoma, early 20s. You know what else happened in uh, Oklahoma in the early, early 20s? The Tulsa Race Massacre. It's like, what the fuck was going on mm. in Oklahoma in the early 20s? I mean, obviously it was the United States, the United, the fucking yeah, America. Yeah, I was going to say, look yeah, what's I going know. on in Oklahoma now. Probably nothing good. I know. Honestly, no, it's probably, Oklahoma. Probably nothing good. But it's just, it's just crazy to me that those two... Uh, I don't. I can't even say like well known or or most egregious because there's been so many egregious atrocities in the, on on this fucking yeah. place. But um, mm-hmm. this took place around then, um, early twenties, mid mid twenties, um, and. I'll just give a brief synopsis of what happened. Uh, this is based on a true story. Um, the book. I think I've heard that the book. Um, stays closer to what actually happened than the movie. I've heard the movie is takes even more uh, liberties with the story, unfortunately. But um, so the Indians, I mean, Native Americans, right? Obviously, we fucking butcher them and said, you have uh, this little plot of land. We're going to give you this little plot of land and you're going to have to uh, make do with that. And they're like, uh, sure, whatever. And so they're there. And somebody finds oil in the ground and they're like, uh, okay, we found some oil. Um it was a little bit at first, and then over time, they got more and more. Uh, they found more and more, so they obviously had to pay them more, more money. And at one point, apparently, they were considered some of the most uh, wealthiest people uh, on the planet per capita uh, because of how much money they were making uh, per month from the uh, from the oil on their land. Um, and then, of course, they start quote unquote mysteriously disappearing. Um, the government gave them, uh, or they they. Forcibly gave them, um, what do you call it? Uh, not mentors, but like somebody overseeing their their money. Um, they were considered wards of the state, looking over their accounts because they quote unquote can't be trusted with the money. They're they're you know um, mentally um, incapable of fucking using their own money. Whatever they they get a judge to sign off on that. So all of these people that have that are receiving the checks, receiving the money from the government for their oil. Um, start dying off quote unquote mysteriously it's obvious what's happening to everybody but they send a um uh, investigator from the fbi um from the isn't fr- this like the case that like led to the creation of the fbi it is one of them it's one of them it's um it's around the same time like i said like i have in the notes it's around the same time as the elliot ness um and uh, capone stuff elliot ness and capone uh, LNS was active in the early 30s. This takes place in the mid 20s. So, like I said, around the same time. Yes, the, the many, a couple of different things uh, led to the creation of the of the of the FBI. Um, also, all those aliens, the aliens you know, that Mulder and Scully had to, you know, fight. Yes, the the, the aliens were the FBI. Yes, exactly. They were. <laughs> no, the, Mulder and Scully were fighting the aliens. They, they were fighting Project the Blue Book. Yeah, I thought they were Project in Blue Book. I thought they were in cahoots. No, 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 no. Project Blue Book. They, they, the aliens crashed, and then the, then the FBI investigated them. So, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, well, glad yeah, glad yeah. we cleared that up. Um, yeah, <laughs> sure. They, um, what's his name? The head of the FBI guy that was a, a cross dresser. Oh, um, 
Yeah, uh, J. Edgar Hoover. Hoover, Hoover. Hoover. Yeah, he he assigned yeah. he assigned Tom White to this case, and he also assigned uh, uh, Elliot Ness to the pro- pro- prohibition case in Chicago. So um, a lot of that, a lot of a lot of um, he's a, Tom White in this book is a lot like the Elliot Ness character with uh, Capone. He's a, he's a straight shooter. He tries to do everything by the book. He's you know the the white savior of, of this book. Um, but yeah, very, very good book. One of the best books I've read or listened to in a very long time. Would highly recommend checking out the book uh, before you see the movie. It's a short book, 350 pages. So uh, the audio book was like uh, six hours, I want to say. So cannot recommend that book enough. Or, or you know, two hours for you since you listened to yeah. it sped up. Yeah. Sped up because my brain just works faster. Um, you've also been playing <laughs> <laughs> the Legend of Zelda, the new Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom. Did you make a a wooden statue with a nuclear dick that gets set on fire, or did you make any no, drones? Uh, make any drones that could fly over things and and kill them? No, like it's it's so there's this TikTok that I saw that like I've been on TikTok and it's just like I keep seeing all that stuff too. And I'm sure that's where you saw it as well. Yes. And then I saw one that was just like. It started out with like a drone just laser beaming something and and this it cuts to this guy who's like, I, I don't know what game these guys are playing. It's not the right. same game as me. I met somebody whose wagon was stuck in a ditch and it took me 30 minutes to get them out by building the <laughs> most janky contraption ever. Yeah. And I was so proud after it happened. That's <laughs> the same thing for me. That's the yeah. game that I'm playing. Okay. Um but I uh I mean, I'm not really into the crafting elements, so there's some interesting stuff you can do with that. But I'm interest, really interested in like just exploring this incredible world and just checking all these cool landscapes and finding out all this this like hidden information and fi- like secrets around every corner. And I don't know it's 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 the same reasons I loved Breath of the Wild, the same reasons I've loved every Zelda game. Uh, why it's my favorite franchise of all time. The characters are so interesting. There's so much to do and find, and discover in this, especially in this new open world style. The last two games have been in. Uh, it's it's too early to tell, but this might be like my favorite game of all time. This game is absolutely wow. incredible. Like it's I wow. it's sucked me in so much. It's I don't I don't really play video games very much anymore. I yeah. used to play them a lot, um, but I am having trouble like being like, all right, well, I should do some writing. I should do this. I should do that. But I'm like, yeah, it's your Tarkov. It's Zelda, yeah, it, exactly. I mean, I'm not going to quit my podcast for six months uh, and okay. and stop answering right. emails, but uh, okay, all right. <laughs> but yeah, was, yeah, same same idea. Same idea. Yes. Okay, that's good. Good to hear. All right. So with that, let's get to our top five favorite slash best movies of 2023 so far. Uh, did you have uh, difficult difficulties making this list, or were those, they were all pretty much locked in for for a while now? They have they have been locked in for a while now for you. My my like top two or three were pretty much locked in. Um, I, it's it was sorting out the like, you know, four and five was really tough deciding because I had a lot of things that I had rated as four stars. And I was like, which one of these two four stars are going to make? The list. Um, so I had a lot of trouble deciding what to leave off because there are a lot of things I've, I've liked a lot. Um, I knew what was going to top the list. And then also I had trouble because um, something I had just seen this week and I didn't put it in my what I've been watching because I just saw it. Uh, and there's actually two things that I saw this week that are very similar to something else I had on the list. And I was like, I don't want to sound too repetitive and put a bunch of things on the list that are all the same. Um, but I ended up putting 
two of them on. Um, I think they're different enough. I could talk about both of them without sounding too repetitive. <laughs> okay, great. Um, I'll kick us off. Uh, my number five is uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. This is Are a, you fucking uh, serious? <laughs> no, not serious. Of course not. <laughs> I was about to say, David, you've had some bad takes, but this is, <laughs> this takes the cake. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is a great uh, uh, meditation on childhood and uh, the terrors. I was and... about to say, have you only seen five movies this year? <laughs> yes, I've only seen five. No, that would like... be the only reason to put yeah. it as your number five movie of the year. Yes, yes, yes. No, uh, my actual number five is Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. Just like I said, saw this uh, this past week. Yeah, like, you know, I already said it uh, before, but it is uh, just, you know, it's. I think it's difficult. This is one of those movies that's that's people say don't get made anymore. It's just a nice coming of age uh, movie you can take your mom to. I took my mom to this and she's like, that's mm. great. I love that. Love that type mm. of movie. You should, do, take, you should take me to more of those. And I took her to showing up today and she's like, that was boring as fuck. <laughs> Damien, <laughs> why would you take me to that? I almost fell asleep. No, she liked it. But um, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. Great, great, great uh, performances. Like you said, Rachel McAdams. I think she's one of these people that you don't, you don't appreciate enough. I think she's going to be, you know, uh, she's not old, older now, but I think you're going to get to a point where you'll be like, oh, my God, I wish we appreciated her more. I wish you put her in more stuff. I wish we, you know, gave her more awards. Like you said, definitely uh, should be up there for all of the, all the awards in award season. Really, really great. Really loved uh, Benny Safdie. I think he's a guy. I don't know if you've yeah. seen him in a lot of stuff, but I have. And uh, it's always great seeing him in, in things. So I think he's a really great actor. Really, of course, uh, amazing director. Love all his movies. And, uh, yeah, they were all everybody in that uh, movie was really great. Loved um what was her name? Uh, uh, the grandmother. Um, oh, um, Bobby Boucher's mom. Uh, yes. <laughs> the unsinkable Molly Brown. Why yes. am I spacing on her actual name? Uh, Let me see. If, I'll pull it up here. She was in that jacuzzi with Jack Nicholson. She was. Uh, she was naked in that. Kathy Bates. Yeah. Kathy really Bates. Great. Kathy Bates. Yep. Really, really great in that. Everybody was great in this. Loved, loved the whole thing. Yeah. So that was, that was my number five of 2023. Nice. What is your number five? My number five is, and like I said, I went back and forth on what to put at number five, but I had to include this one, James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Okay. Uh, we talked about it a lot yeah. last week, so I won't go too much into it, but great cap to a great trilogy, um, just great ensemble film, dark Marvel film, which uh, it's, it's this field, they talked about this a lot in the film cast, but this feels like a real PG-13 movie. Um that you, you know you would get from like the 80s or something like that uh not like a like a soft r or like a hard pg but the real bullseye of a pg-13 movie uh so i loved it it's it was just a great mcu movie um when people won't shut the fuck up about how much they hate the mcu <laughs> but then every other movie in the mcu they actually like a lot and this is one that is really good yes yeah it was one of the best one or the best one i mean could you say there's any mm -hmm. other uh, MCU movie put out after Endgame that's better than Guardians yes. 3? What's that? Yes. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man 3. I could, I could see that. Black Panther 2. Like, Ooh, I Black mean, Panther 2? Ooh, ooh. Not sure about that. People sure liked about, that one. People liked that one. Yeah. People like yeah. a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that good choice. Good pick for number five. Uh, my number four is How to Blow Up a Pipeline. I uh, saw this fairly recently. A lot of the stuff I've seen recently, you know, a lot of stuff didn't really come out in January and February or stuff that I didn't really, that wasn't memorable enough to, to put on the list. But so a lot of the stuff is going to be, uh, have a lot of recency bias towards it. But um, I heard a lot about this movie. Heard about this movie for a long time. Uh, has a lot of stuff, uh, you know, 
interested in, have a have a passing interest in. Um, I think this is a thing people are going to be talking about more and more about how this stuff, uh, our energy uh, consumption is not sustainable. Um, I think right now it's just it's going to continue to get worse and worse, and we have to. We can't just depend on the, the uh, you know, oil companies and gas companies and energy companies to move to, um, you know, a green, uh, green energy, um, what do you call it, green energy sort of uh, program. They're not going to do it mm-hmm. by themselves. You have to force them to. And it's probably going to come down to stuff like this of just saying you can't, you have to stop. You have to stop. <laughs> this is not sustainable yeah. at all. We're, we can't even afford, the people, you can't afford to take it out of the ground. You can't afford to ship it. And getting to a point where people can't afford to buy it. You just cannot afford no, no entity along the way, along the way of this process is able to afford any of this. And yet you're still doing it just because, yeah. just because how, you've been doing much, it. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. How much is gas out there? Out of curiosity. Uh, three and a half. I would die for three and a half. It's five and a half out here. Well, yeah. California, California. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's my point. It's not, but also it's not like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but it also it's that thing of like you know comparing, uh, um, what do you call it? comparing suffering, comparing like uh, yeah, comparing. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just worse, I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying like it's 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 just like you know the gas the gas companies do you know it's like oh yeah. well, it's not there's no reason gas should be more expensive in California but they just yeah. you know they're like oh let's let's jack up the prices out here and that's that's my whole point is that they're 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 horrible evil corporations amongst all, all a lot of there's a lot of evil corporations but these are some of the worst. Yeah, and I really like how uh, the movie How to Blow Up a Pipeline doesn't take this like both sides view of it. They're very much like, mm-hmm. no, this is their this is a problem built and sustained by the energy company, and this mm-hmm. is the only way to do it. This is, and they're saying, uh, I like how the movie also says like, well, yeah, we're gonna blow up this pipeline, but we have to make sure there's nobody that's gonna get hurt in it. Um, so there's that in it. Um, really, really great, great actors uh, or performances by uh, some actors I haven't really seen before, but probably will see a lot after this. So highly recommend if you if you go out and see this. Uh, I think it's not theaters anymore, but it's uh, on VOD. I think it's a uh, four or five bucks now. Uh, on all the stuff, Amazon, Voodoo, all of those places. So, very good movie. Very nice. Yes. What is your number four? So, keeping with my theme so far of uh, perfect caps to great trilogies that I love uh, by um, directors that I really love, this one being Steven Soderbergh. Um, so, I had to keep him on the list. I always I usually have a Steven Soderbergh on the top five at this point in the year. I think if this is the third year running, we've done this, and the third year I've had a Steven Soderbergh movie. Uh, <laughs> this time it's Magic Mike's Last Dance. Uh, you know, it's really great. And I think that the second, this is, you know, I know a lot of people love the second one. The second one is kind of a, just a fun hangout dance movie. That one's not directed by Soderbergh like the first one and this one are. Uh, this one feels very sad like the first one is it kind of returns mike to that um character he was where it's just kind of like a meditation on what am i going to do with my life and uh where am i going to end up and this movie is kind of the end of his story uh i i really it you know cuts down a lot of the things you know uh from the you know expanded just more fun second one to be a more character focused study in this one, I know people didn't love this one as much, but I I really liked it. Um, so I had to put it on my number four. 
Nice. Yeah, it's one of those I still got to catch up on. Um, I think you commented on a list <laughs> I copied to uh, to use as a reference to, to see what I still need to see and see what people are saying about other stuff. Um, you know, the, the movie I haven't, uh, stuff that I haven't seen, like Sisu, uh, Bo is Afraid, um, movie called Sick. Uh, still got to see Tetris. So there's a bunch of stuff on that list that I still got to see. And it's probably mm. up near the top um, in terms of stuff that I got to see. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's see. My number three is Infinity Pool. I, you know me, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a weirdo. I'm a pervert. I love all that. The mm. <laughs> uh, what is it called? Um, body horror stuff, right? Yeah. That that is just that gets me going. That's the stuff that <laughs> Daddy like. No judgment. Whatever, whatever you're, you're into, yeah. man. Whatever floats like. your boat. Different strokes for different folks. I love that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I Cronenberg, uh, Cronenberg uh, Senior, Cronenberg Junior. Uh, can do no wrong in my book. Um, <laughs> it is just like I said when we talked about it. A movie about kind of the extreme, the, the as far as um, rich people can go and how far powerful people can go. Like at a certain point, there's going to be no more poor people to take advantage of, no more things they can buy, no more no more experiences that they can. Uh, buy or experience themselves. There's there's no more, there's nothing left except for themselves. And this is a movie about them sort of abusing themselves and taking advantage of themselves and um, exploiting their own bodies. Once they exploit every other body that they can exploit, that's the only thing left. So I think that's a very good uh, analogy for the end game of capitalism is (laughs) just the rich sort of killing themselves for sport. So, highly recommend Infinity Pool. Infinity Pool, all right. Well, uh, my number three is yes. one that, as you just mentioned, was uh, at the top of your to-watch list, yep. or at least on it, and that is Tetris, uh, which is was surprisingly great. Uh, I was not expecting... When I first thought it was like a Tetris movie, that's going to be bad. I was like, okay, well, it's not about Tetris. It's about the story of the rights of Tetris. That's a little promising, okay, and then it's Taron Egerton. And yeah, it, it's part of this crop of movies that have come out this year that are about like biopics about products that have all been surprisingly great. This one, uh, you know, does some really cool things with that kind of conceit and makes it a spy thriller. It's like, oh, what if like, you know, air, but also mixed in with like the Americans uh, and then also just like there's random like video game like uh aesthetics to it that are really cool you know it's it's it feels a lot like yeah like the americans combined with argo is the best way that i can put it uh (laughs) with also video game stuff thrown in uh yeah so i i had a blast with this movie it's it's a lot of fun i think that it's saying a lot of interesting things about uh capitalism and as communism as well and kind of saying that yeah any form of government or commerce or anything like that is going to be inherently corruptible and that people in those systems will try and take advantage of those systems to uh, screw over people with less power. They will use their own power, whether it be communism or capitalism or a monarchy or whatever. It, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be people that take advantage of it and that the, uh, <laughs> that there's, there's always that that's the thing. It's like any, no matter how, perfect you think your form of government or commerce is there's always going to be people out there that will manipulate it 
to their own ends. Uh, and I thought that was an interesting take from a Tetris movie. <laughs> yes, it is one of those that I got to see Tetris and um, what's the other one we just mentioned? I mentioned earlier. Um, uh, Magic Mike 3. That one, but the, the one that was oh, like, uh, you know, about things, making yeah. a thing and selling it. Uh the Black, Blackberry, Blackberry movie. Yes, yeah. I got to see that one too. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of homework <laughs> the next couple of weeks yeah. to catch up on stuff. Uh, so yeah, my number two uh, is John Wick 4. Um, I know you don't put a lot of stake, stake or stock in uh, Rotten Tomatoes, but have you seen the Rotten Tomato score for this movie? I, I know it's like phenomenal. It's in like yes. in the 90s, right? Yeah, 94% on both uh, tomato meter reading and audience score. 94, 93 respectively. Yeah, incredible. Uh, almost three hours. Doesn't feel like it. Um, I think it does have it definitely takes a time. Obviously three hours you can have a ability to do that, but it has so many amazing scenes uh, and composite compositions and uh, cinematography and the set pieces that obviously are incredible. That's what this series is known for. I think when I talked about this, I think I saw something else the week after and I'm like, just doesn't, <laughs> nothing will can hold a candle <laughs> to this. Um, just that's what, it, that's what you go with these movies for. It's not like, Oh, what's the story? What do you, what is your take? What is your, <laughs> uh, you know, what's the theme right. of humanity? Uh, humans, um, uh, human, what do they call that? The human conditions. Nothing about that. It's just <laughs> how many headshots can he hit in, in, <laughs> in two hours is what you go to this for. And it delivered over and over and over again. So, yeah, I just had a good good time with this film. That's awesome. I, so I haven't seen this one yet, partially because it is three hours. and I just never carved out the yeah. time. I considered trying to get to see it this week. Um, but once again, I didn't have the time. Yeah. Uh, I was like, maybe I should try and get see it before we do our top five. I didn't know that there would be anything that I would want to kick off of my five, though. Um, so I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll see it at some point this year, probably yeah. when it drops on Peacock or Paramount Plus or wherever it ends up dropping. Is it on there now? And I, have, I thought it was on there now. It, it's not not yet. Um, it's okay. still in theaters. Like I, I checked, oh. and it's like still got a lot of showtimes. Because wow. um, the, there's only like the three summer movies out. Um, yeah. So it's, it's still in a lot of places. So, I mean, I might still see it in theaters. But I going go like you could sit down and turn on a movie for three hours and it's still a time commitment. But going out to a theater, watching something for three hours, coming home that is really a chunk of your day. So yeah. I need I need I need to do it. But I just I haven't gone. And I like the John Wick movies, but they're not like they're not like am I like a ride or die for them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's four hundred twenty-eight million dollars worldwide. I didn't realize it was still in theaters. Yeah, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. um, one hundred eighty-five uh, domestic. Uh, yep. Yeah. So incredible, incredible movie. Yeah. Uh, so that was my number two. What is your number two? Uh, my number two is another team up adventure movie. Uh, it is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Yep. Uh, I thought this film was phenomenal. I felt like it was a movie that doesn't really get made anymore of just like this swashbuckling classic adventure. It felt like the mummy, like the 99 mummy. Um, like that kind of vibe uh just all these great actors like i think that's you know it it even worked better than like i said guardians 3 for me and this great team up characters it, it works on that level of just being a really fun 90s style adventure action adventure like the first pirates of the caribbean kind of thing um that we like i said was saying tragically don't get to see anymore yeah. um it works on that level and it also works on a level of being like a big D, D fan this is a great adaptation that it's something that obviously they've had trouble with 
making an adaptation of D&D a something where you can choose whatever adventure you want and making one pin down adventure has been something that has been hard for them. This did such a good job of capturing what it felt like to be playing a game um, and the ridiculous decisions that players make that lead you off on all these crazy things, the crazy ways you'll come up with solving problems in a game, the way is, is, is so brilliantly addressed in this movie when they need to break into something. And they're like, what if we put the spell on here and put this mirror here and then put it up? There? Like, it's so fucking cool to see all that stuff. I really had a blast with this movie. It's on Paramount Plus. I need to watch it again. Nice. Very, very cool. Yeah, I do need to see that. That is one on, on you know, that. And uh, the last one uh, is on the list as well. Um, speaking of that, just before we go to our number ones, uh, have the list pulled up of like best 2023 stuff. Um, so just some stuff, like you said, um, Dungeons and Dragons, definitely want to catch up with. Scream 6, definitely want to see um, the new animated movie uh, from the director that did uh, um, Your Name and Weathering With You. Mo- uh Moko, <laughs> Makoto Shinkai, um, director of those movies, has a new one out called Suzumi. Definitely want to see that. Uh, let's see what else. Missing, the sequel to Searching, which was a... I forget what they're called exactly, but it's those movies that are on... That are only on PCs, like, desktops. Yeah, they're like found footage, but like from yeah. like computer screens. Exactly, exactly. Or like um, phones or whatever. Yeah, I, I really liked your uh, take on Sisu, which uh, I still got to see. Very good. Um, a man called Otto. I don't think I'm gonna check out. I think that's that's like one of those. Are like, eh, you can probably skip that. I think I will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. both both afraid. Obviously, definitely want to see Ari Aster's third film. Uh, what else? There's a, there's so many on here that are like, no, I'm I'm good actually. <laughs> plane, <laughs> plane is one of those. Cocaine bear is one plane. of those. You can skip plane. Yeah, <laughs> co- cocaine bear can probably skip that, right? Cocaine bear is a lot of fun. Cocaine okay. bear is is right. a, a it's it's not a movie that you it's not. You know, as as my friend who I saw it with said, it's not Ibsen, but uh, you'll have a good time with it. Yeah. A um, couple more things that are on my honorable mention. Or not honorable mention, but I also want to see. Um, Pope Zarkusis, I want to see. 65, eh, I think I can skip that. Did you see 65? 65 is, is so disappointing because yeah. it's like, wow, this is a great original concept for a big budget action movie that isn't any IP. And it's so fucking boring. You're like, this is Adam Driver fighting dinosaurs with a laser gun. And it's so boring. It's like, what happened there? Like, it's such a... And I wanted it to be good so bad. And it just is a slog. It's like slow and bland and depressing. And you're like, what are we doing here, guys? (laughs) It feels like like somebody saw Jupiter Ascending and just was like... You know how this movie was like kind of a mess, but just fun and goofy. What if we just didn't make it fun and goofy? What if it was just kind of a mess and that was it? Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, let me see. So, yeah, let me just do a couple honorable mentions because I have the thing pulled up. Uh, Renfield, very good. Uh, one of those, like you mentioned, fun, funny and lighthearted and very good uh, comedic moments because you have so many improvisers in that movie. Uh, really, really enjoyed that one. Uh, Megan, another great little horror movie. Megan Thregan, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> another great horror movie. Good year for horror so far. Really, really enjoyed a lot of the horror stuff. Uh, Knock at the Cabin, speaking of, a uh, very good horror film. Uh, let's see what else. I think that was about it. I One movie you said, you know, you, you wanted 65 to be better than it was. I really wish Creed 3 was better than it was. I felt like it was going to be 
a knockout drag out fight to the bitter end. Felt like it was going to be a thing where he just barely gets out alive, but apparently, you know, because he's the director, Michael B. Jordan directed it. So, of course, hmm. kind of had to win there. Spoiler for that movie. But hmm. yeah, there's that. Um, and another one that was just, just, just outside my top five, really wanted to include it, but couldn't find space for it was Evil Dead Rise. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I think I, on the show, when I talked about it, I kind of said it more negative than I, I meant to. I think it was, you know, it had a lot of very fun, uh, exaggerated, uh, bloody moments, a very, very bloody movie. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was just uh, it, it very, very forcefully and unnaturally put in uh, a lot of those uh, references to the older movies. So unfortunately, that's why mm-hmm. it got knocked out of my top five. So any honorable mentions for you? Yeah, I've got a few honorable mentions. I've, I've got Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, as, as one. Um, Peter Pan and Wendy, I, I really liked a lot. Uh, David Lowry's take on uh, the Peter Pan movies. I think that they did something interesting with the... It's not a remake. It is a Disney remake, but it's not like a... It's a different story, unlike right. Right. Little Mermaid. Um, two Guy Ritchie films that came out like back-to-back, uh, oh, yeah. pretty much like a month <laughs> or two apart. Uh, yeah. uh, the Operation Fortune and then Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. That's yeah. the full title. Um, <laughs> Ruth Gear. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, Cocaine Bear, honestly, probably would be an honorable mention. That movie was was a lot of fun. All right. All right. Uh, and then uh, I would say Air, also yes, honorable mention one. for me. Yes, that was yeah. the one I was going to mention. Yes, very, very good. All right, so number one, uh, movies of 2023 so far. Uh, my number one is a part three in the MCU, uh, the MCU world. Mm-hmm. My number one best movie of the year so far is obviously Quantumania. I had uh, so much fun right. at that movie. Yep. It was one of the really brought it back. I thought MCU was dead, but man, did Quantumania really live up to the hype? No, it didn't. Get out of here. <laughs> it was fine. It was, it was fine. not fine. It was not. It was fine, man. You're it saying was that? Fine. They're going to hear you and be like, oh, I guess that was fine. Derek said it's fine. And he is. A, he, I didn't he, say it was great. I said <laughs> it was fine. This is how this is where we get. This is how we get bad stuff, because we they put out poo caca and then they hear uh, reputable people like us and they say it's good. So. They make more poopy caca. You have to, you have it's to. It's not poopy caca, man. It's it's like, <laughs> it's absolute. It's like meatloaf. It's like, oh yeah, I'm filled up. I had a meal. Okay. It's it's not like incredible. I'm not gonna yeah. ever watch it again. Right. But it's you know. <laughs> so my actual number one is obviously Guardians of the Galaxy Part Three. Um, it was just such a departure, such a breath of fresh air. Very overused phrase, but. It really, really was after just the slog of all the TV shows, the the uh, mediocre TV shows, the me- mediocre movies. It really, really reminded me of how good the MCU could be. So that's why my number one is that. Okay. I mean, She-Hulk yes. was better than it, but sure. <laughs> I fucking love She-Hulk. I don't give a shit what anyone says. I it fucking was good. love She-Hulk. It was She-Hulk good. Was I think it's better. Great. It's much better She-Hulk than... Was great. I see. I see. Like list people are making of like you know the best and worst of the MCU so far, and people are putting that very low. And I'm like, no, actually, actually, She-Hulk was one of the best. I would put that as like right behind probably uh, Loki. It was like Loki number one. She Loki Hulk's- was also better. I love Loki, but it was also okay. You want to? Here's a. Go ahead, here's go everything ahead. that, that I think me. has been yes. better. Wandavision, Loki. Uh, this is post Endgame. Spider-Man, obviously five stars. Yep. Yep. Doctor Strange. 
I think was better. Multiverse yeah. Madness, I liked it yeah. a lot. Uh, not Miss Marvel. Uh, she Hulk, though, like I said. Yep. Uh, I'd say like it's on par with Wakanda Forever. Maybe it's. I think it maybe is a little bit better than Wakanda Forever. And then Werewolf by Night, phenomenal. Yes, I love Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night, very good. Um, no. What was I going to say? Uh, the yeah. Uh, um, what's her name? Uh, Elizabeth Olsen uh, gave an interview this week where she was talking about making or trying to make <laughs> trying to make uh multiverse of madness and the writers didn't know what WandaVision was going to be about so that's a why that has the same freaking uh theme and same storyline and same thematic elements of WandaVision because they didn't know what WandaVision was going to be about it's like this is that that's my example that is my that's the thing I've been hammering this whole time of like they are not communicating uh, to each other at all. Left side, left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. And I feel like that was the main uh, selling point of the MCU beforehand of like, they they are all in communication. Kevin Feige is bringing all this stuff together. He's talking to the, the Russos. He's talking to the writers of all these different movies and saying, hey, this thing's happening over here. And that's happening over here. This person's dying in this movie. This person's communicating with this person. Here's what we're going to do with this stinger. Here's that stinger. I feel like there is just no communication going on. And well, she- I think you're misquoting some stuff because she said they hadn't seen it because it hadn't been made yet. But they're um, writers, they're all working together behind the scenes. They all work yeah, at the same exactly. place. It's like, that's, yes, yes, that's that is true. That's that's what happened. <laughs> it's like going out into the field and being like, oh, because we didn't know what happened in yesterday's ball game, then there's no they, way we could possibly know what the next, next play is going to be. What that's exactly that's not what happened, though. That's what? not what she said. She said she they hadn't seen it, they she didn't say no one was talking to anyone. But that, I, yes, true. Okay, I see your point, but I think. That's probably also what happened. I think both things happened. <laughs> they didn't see it and they didn't communicate. So, well, yeah, I, I, I guess part of that is that's why I'm glad it's slowing down a little bit because yeah. things are being written and filmed at the same time, and then actually they're having to rewrite and rechange the ending to Wandavision because I don't know if you heard about what happened with COVID, and then also the same thing happened with uh, all the release dates got shuffled around. So, you know, um, Ned Leeds was or in Spider Man. Uh, um, what's the name? Um, Miss America yes. was supposed to show uh, up in the Ned. America basically, have Ned Leeds's arc Chavez. in that movie, but yeah. yeah, America Chavez was supposed to have uh, be in Spider Man, but because those release dates got flipped. Yep. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that affects. You know, I'm not trying to like make excuses, but that it's not like the they're being lazy or something. It's like the real world consequences of COVID fucked things up a little bit and yeah. now now they are slowing down so yes. you know hopefully and <laughs> I, I still liked both of those things a lot like i just said i still liked wandavision a lot and doctor strange 3 a lot or 2 yes, whatever two, yeah yeah true um i'm glad you liked them i will say that <laughs> <laughs> did you not like wandavision i did i did like wandavision okay uh at the, at the at the time so what is your number <laughs> one uh best thing you've seen this year so far uh, my number one thing, it's something we had touched on earlier. Like I said, I wasn't sure if I was going to include it because it's a lot like something else I have on my list, but it's on your list to watch Blackberry. Uh, yeah, uh, it's the same thing as when I was like, they're making the Facebook movie? I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah. I'm go see it. Oh my God, it's amazing. Same thing with Blackberry. Same thing about just the way that working like just in a corporation in this tech bubble where people who are legitimately great innovators 
make something incredible, but then you just have to keep innovating and innovating and innovating. Uh, it's just, it's so interesting and like very specifically nerdy. And the, I love the way it's shot. Um, everyone gives great performances. I specifically want to shout out Glenn Howerton, who is absolutely like Dennis level of always sunny unhinged. But if he was like a venture capitalist, like <laughs> it's so freaking good. He has this line that he quotes from like a viral Canadian video that comes out of nowhere towards the end of the movie that made me like die of laughter. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's the, it's such an interesting commentary on this kind of tech revolution thing that we're living through. The story of Blackberry itself is also really interesting. Cause you're like, you think of Blackberry, like, Oh yeah, those things that everyone had or like a lot that were super popular 10 years ago with the tech elite that literally no one, they don't even exist anymore. Right. And to see that meteoric rise and fall in the movies. So, so very interesting and just, um, I love it. I, I, I love Blackberry so much. I've been, I've just been thinking about it nonstop since I saw it earlier this week. Nice. Um, I, I really, really recommend it to absolutely anyone. It does all that same stuff about, you know, these systems that I was talking about with Tatris, these systems that we live in, you know, specifically capitalism, but like just this, this, you know, when you are in this like economy that just relies on innovation and tech, just constant, like churning out and churning out and churning out new things. What's the new best thing. And if you don't keep innovating, you're going to get left behind. And there's, you know, this isn't a spoiler because it's life, but like there's a sequence towards the end when, you know, the they announced the iPhone, which is you know presented in other movies as this, this great moment, and in this movie it's like, oh my god, what the <laughs> fuck is this thing? It's gonna like destroy you know, and yeah. they're like, no 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 no, don't worry, like the BlackBerry is so much better, and it's just you know, we obviously know what's gonna happen, you know, because we lived through it. Uh, nope. So super super fascinating and engaging film. Um, Jay Barshell so fucking good in it. Uh, you know, Carrie Elwes shows in up in this as this like evil rich dude. He's always really great to see. Uh, there's I can't remember uh, Sungwon Chu, who is a YouTuber. I can't remember his YouTube name. Uh, he shows up for a bit. You you've got a a yelling and shouting Michael Ironside in this, which is always great. So yeah, watch Blackberry. It's so good. It's so good. If you can find <laughs> it out there, I'm sure it'll be streaming. Sure, um, yeah. Something in two weeks time. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Uh, so that was our top five uh, best things we've seen this year so far in film. Uh, if you have any recommendations or anything like that, write into can I say something at gmail.com. Uh, before we get to the um, letterbox assignments and all that, let's take a quick break and uh, we will be right back. And yeah. we're back. Uh, so letterbox assignments, uh, you watched one of my favorite movies of the past like 10 years. I think I had this on my A24 top five films uh, of all time. Uh, Under the Skin, Jonathan Glazer's Under the Skin. He has a new movie out uh, that's playing at Cannes, but uh, you saw his other movie, 2014's Under the Skin. What would you think of this? Uh, this movie's weird, man. Like, this is weird. Like, yeah. like, this is like what Iron Man is to the MCU. This is to A24. Yes. Uh, I don't know like if I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, um, what? <laughs> like, it's yeah. one of those movies that's just like, Okay, I don't know. Like, I don't think I disliked it either, but I just, I'm not trying to, I just, I don't know. Like, it was, <laughs> I was like, what you, the you fuck just was that I just too. watch? You just saw this too, yeah. so I think maybe I more time to process it would have helped, yeah. Yeah, 
So I should have watched it like a week ago because I'm like, what the fuck? What, what, what happened? Um, this is a very strange movie. Um, I, I love the... It is. It's a very strange movie. Um, I love the story behind it, the way they filmed it. Um, so apparently, I'm reading from the, the Wikipedia article, but uh, I've, or I've heard this um, um, story, what do you call it, confirmed by the director and Johansson herself. Uh, it says, as Glazer wanted to wanted the film to feel realistic, most characters were played by non-actors. Uh, many scenes, such as those set in the nightclub and shopping center, and the scenes in which Johansson's character picks up men in the van, were unscripted sequences filmed with hidden cameras. Afterwards, the, the production team informed the subjects that they had been filmed and asked permission to use the footage. Um, Glazer said the men were talked through what extremes they would have to go to if they agreed to take part in the film once they understood what they were doing. So that was interesting, right? Did you feel like so knowing that now, thinking back on it, did those did those actors or the do the people in the scenes that were interacting with Scarlett Johansson did they seem like non actors to you? I don't know, like I, I guess so, but like I mean, the thing is, like, cool, like that's a cool story, that's good, but it doesn't like change what i saw you know like like i guess like yeah that's that makes sense yeah but like whether or not that was just a really good performance or if it was authentic like you know like it's still the same and i don't know it's just it like that's one thing that kind of is a pet peeve of mine is when people are like oh well this movie is good because it was shot in this difficult way and i'm like okay well boyhood fucking sucked i don't care that it took 13 <laughs> years to make <laughs> All right. I mean, I wasn't saying it was good because of that. I was just saying that's probably if there was a weird sort of tone and rhythm and way the 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 people in the film spoke. You know, I'm just gonna say it's not the performances that I thought were were weird. It was not the performances that I was like, wow, these performances by these guys are really crazy. It was more like, what? What the fuck is even happening? Scarlett Johansson being like a succubus alien that sucked people into. Like just killed the guy with the rock. I just I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just <laughs> right. saying yeah. that it's a lot to process, and it is. it's the same way that I felt about a ghost story, where I took like a month to decide like a, <laughs> if I liked it or not. Right. I'm um, still not even sure if I like ghost story or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> Honestly, right. I was I was thinking about that while watching um watching showing up because um, Kelly Record has a pace tour movies that is very similar to that movie where I was thinking about like, you know, her uh, Rudy Mara in ghost story sitting there and just eating that pie for 20 minutes, you know, yeah. and, uh, again, another a 24 movie. And this is, you know, under the skin was as well. I believe uh, Kelly Rucker is now working with them uh, for her last movie. Um, First cow and also showing up were also put up by a 24. So, you know, the a 24 definitely, when you're talking about movies like this, they have a certain, you know, tone and rhythm to their movies, right? So going into this, that should have been a tip off for you. It's like, oh, it's an early, early A24 No, I mean, movie. I knew what I was getting yeah. into. Yeah. Like, I I was not surprised. <coughs> Excuse me. But, um, yeah. you know, it's still weird. It was very weird. Yeah, I'm just I'm going through some of the themes here um, that some uh, uh, writers were talking about here. And they say, writing for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Dwayne... Derek, Dwayne Dudek, 
Speculated that Johansson's character assumes a human identity to collect information about humans as an alien intelligence might, uh, inducing a, an identity crisis causing her to spin out of control like a broken machine. He wrote that the motorcyclist can be interpreted as a companion, an enabler, or a pursuer, and that the dark, the tar-dark world where the woman submerges her victims may be a nest, a web, or another planet or dimension, or a visual representation of how sex feels to her or them. So that's that's a one one way to look at it, I guess. Sure, I mean, <laughs> right? yeah. I I don't think I took that away from the film. Right. But what did, uh, what did you take you know. away? What did that like you said it was just her being like a succubus so you just kind of saw her as like a as like a a um a demon come there to take their flesh. Yeah. Eat their flesh. Like, you know, or whatever. I'd heard that she was like an alien. Um, yeah. so I kind of like went in with that mindset, but yeah, it was okay. just kind of like, I was picturing her as like an, like an alien succubus that was kind of like sustaining herself on these people. And there's that whole scene with the blood where I was like, Oh, this is like very vampiric. And then yeah. she tries to like human food. And the way she, I took that was like, she, she tried to have human food and have this human experience. Cause she's want, like, this is kind of like what you were saying about like her wanting to have this experience and then she can't, she regurgitates it. And then I felt like that was a little bit of foreshadowing to her, like actually, because you know, whenever they're about to have sex, they go to the, the fucking mirror tar dimension or whatever. Yeah. And then she actually starts ha- having real sex with that guy, and then she freaks out. And I was like, oh, this is she can't have actual food in her. She can't have actual dick in her too. I guess. Um, <laughs> okay, buddy. All right. I don't know. That's the one I took at the movie. Yeah, uh, sure. She can't have dick in her. Yep. Okay. Yeah, like she was like, oh, I couldn't eat a chocolate cake, and and, and I can't do other things, you know. It's the uh, so technical medical term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, and I yeah, the mo- I was like the motorcycle guy. I was like, I guess this guy is like her partner or like somebody hunting her. I yeah. wasn't really sure. I kind of took it as like I thought there was going to be some big payoff with him. Yeah. Um. No, oh, yeah. this is More not, open-ended not, a, not a movie with Paris. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. So are you glad you saw it at least? You're glad you checked yeah. it off your list. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I saw it. It's okay. the same thing as, as, uh, you know, I talked about enter the void on oh, my yeah. other podcast this week. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's a movie that I did not like that movie, but I'm glad I saw it. And this movie, I liked a lot better than into the void. And I'm so yes. glad I saw both of them. Yeah. This is experimental, but less experimental than that. Uh, and it's it's about the right amount of experimental for me was um, under the skin. Was um was Enter the Void your first Gaspar Noe movie? Yes, it was, and it's probably my last also. <laughs> yeah, I definitely recommend not checking out uh, Climax if you're not into that sort of thing, yeah, or the uh, one that's like backwards and forwards or something like that. Irreversible, irreversible. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not great either. Uh, Love, Love is probably his most straightforward and accessible movie on that level in terms of having a coherent plot. I guess if you just want your movies to have a coherent plot, then okay. Just uh, watch... Um, Why are you watching Gaspar Noé if you want your movies to have a coherent yeah, plot? Don't watch his movies, but if you want the most coherent uh, Gaspar Noé movie, Love is the one that has that in there the most. So there's okay. that. Alright, so um, let's go to our letterboxed watch so list. So you do not watch your... Uh, I, I just I noticed how you just kind of like... Yeah. You know, I'm like, you uh, slid by that. Slid by right. it like, like Scarlett Johansson even, slid by I'm not going to let victims. you get off that easy. <laughs> <laughs> like her, yes, exactly. Not, yeah. not getting off that easy. Um, no, I forgot. I completely forgot what uh, what my assignment was. I think it was... Yeah. 
there's no way of knowing. No, there's no, there's literally no way of knowing. No, not at all. I know that spans of time. I know that one of them was Afterlife, and I have that uh, Blu-ray sitting there next to me right now. Um, I I got partway through a movie they're looking at right now. I'm film spotting for their. Uh, what's that list they made that we that we talked about? Uh, uh, Science Sounds top 100 movies they're mm. doing. Edward Yang's um, uh, what is the movie called? Edward Yang's. Let me look it up because I'm I'm halfway through that. It's four hour movie, so too long. It's too long for a movie. It's way too long. Edward Yang movies. Let me see. A Brighter Summer Day. So about halfway through that. So I'll be checking that out for. You know, maybe next time, and also to do my little homework assignment for them, not for you. I won't. I won't do my homework, homework assignment no. for my own show, but I'll do a homework assignment for another show. That I'm not have no part in. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Where, where was I? I? Got the thing pulled up. Watch list. Where did it even go? Okay. Uh, okay. So I go into my watch list. Go to my, my services. Sort by shuffle, and I got the 400 blows. This is a classic. A cinema classic. Directed by right, Francois well. Francois Truffaut. You've heard of him, right? Ah, uh, Truffaut. Well, yes. uh, yeah, I look forward to you not watching it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you can go to your watch list right yeah. now. Sort I, by I got services. Yep. And I also see. So yeah, I cut, I got services and I excluded TV, so I cut it down from four hundred fifty-two to just two hundred and twenty-five. So oh, wow, I have two hundred twenty-four. Yeah, I have two hundred twenty-four. Yeah. So that's interesting. And and uh, shuffle boom. And we got, uh, okay. I think I put this on my list randomly. I want you back. The um, Charlie Day Jenny Slate rom com. Okay. Oh, fine. it's very Something good. A little heavy this week. Yeah. Very good. Very yeah. good movie. Yep. Yeah. All right. All right. I it's watched. good. Okay. Yeah. It's I saw one of those I was like, year. oh, this looks good. I put it in my watch list to watch last year, twenty twenty two, and I just forgot about it forever. <laughs> yeah, that's in that group of the stuff that's like, oh, our rom coms back. Maybe. Could be. We'll see. <laughs> they keep going. Right. I have to see. Uh, I had a I had another rom com on my list called Rye Lane. It's on Amazon streaming right now. Which I heard is very good as well. So we'll go back next time. Okay. We'll talk about our respective uh, respective uh, rom coms together. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good. So let's do some plugging. Uh, Medium blog is a thing you can go to and read. Uh, go to my letterbox. B for Benedetta. Uh, B underscore for Benedetta. As eight away. Eat away from uh, 100 followers. I got to check right now. I just had it pulled up. Let's see where we're at with the followers. Where are we at? Uh, following. I have 90 flower followers. I keep losing followers. Come on, guys. What are we doing? You're, you're unfollowing me because I'm not watching movies. That's not. That's not okay. Uh, so, anyways, get, let's get to let's get to 100. Um, so, film essays on YouTube, Anchor.com, which is now. Spotify, uh, podcasters, podcast for streamers or something like that, whatever it's called. You can go there to make a podcast, go to go back to my back catalog, check out all my interviews with Cinematech, BR Jaeger, and others. I fanboy, check out all of my interviews from last year. Derek, what you got to plug? I have to plug, as always, my podcast, Underrated. Like I said, this week we talked about Enter the Void, so that was a very, very interesting discussion we had. So, yeah, just look up Underrated um on any of the podcast apps however you listen to this uh look or, or look up undercast company to listen to it or check us out on all those socials i've been doing a lot of fun stuff on tiktok and we've been starting me and my other co-hosts been starting a series called microdose where we give short 
you know, uh, using the format of TikTok where three minute max reviews. So I, like you had mentioned, I did one on Sisu. I had just done one on Peter Pan and Wendy comparing it to Little Mermaid um, and uh, did one on Tetris as well recently. So check out our TikTok as well and our podcast underrated. Very cool. All right. So for Can I Say Something? I've been Damien. I've been Derek. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.